This is the Emerging Women Podcast, where we become inspired to live and lead from the truth of who we are. We're creating a new paradigm for power that includes the feminine perspective because the world needs it. Welcome, Hero Boga. How are you? <laughs> Thank you, Chantel. Thanks for having me here. Yeah. I'm well. It's the sort of turning of the season, you know, and uh, yeah. I love I love September. It's my birthday month. It, it oh. always feels like the start of a new year anyway, you know, and uh, yes. yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Virgo or uh, Libra? Virgo, Virgo, Virgo. Yay, Virgo, yay, Virgo. I have a Are Virgo too? Yeah. Yes, and it's so funny. My old boss, um, Tammy Simon, also has a Virgo moon, and her wife has a Virgo moon. And I had, at one point, I had so many either Virgos or Virgo moons in my life, and I've come to embrace the priestess energy instead of the... Mm. I call it discernment over criticism. And it makes total sense that you are Virgo. There's, I know there's way more to the story, but by way of introduction, I will move into that. But um, Hiro Boga has been an author, a thought leader in leadership and spiritual and personal growth for many decades. And I consider her one of my short list for wise women who carry uh, something very deep, not just the how-to, but the being in the how-to of uh, leading from your soul and what she calls leading with the deva of your purpose or the deva of your business by your side. She is a true spiritual teacher that reaches and bridges that gap between leadership and doing. um, And like I said, um, moving from the soul. So it's uh, my great pleasure to have her today. And I'm really using her book to be soul, do soul as our guide for our spontaneous and in the flow discussion today. So this is less about what we're going to get for takeaways as leaders and entrepreneurs and really a modeling of how following flow and following guidance that is beyond the beyond is actually doable and vital as we grow into the fullest expression of ourselves as human beings. So welcome, Hero. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Yay. I'm, I'm so eager to get in. And yet, when I'm in your presence, I always feel like molasses starts running through my veins, I just automatically slow way down, which is not <laughs> my natural <laughs> MO. <laughs> I have to tell you a funny story about that. I was yeah. out at the beach with my son. And I was taking photos of my iPhone and I said, you know, I don't know what it is. Every time I click the little button to take a photo, uh, it takes a little video instead. And he said, well, that's because you're holding on to it too long. You're too slow. You have to just put your finger on it and get your finger (laughs) off it immediately. (laughs) I said, I don't move that fast. So it's funny how the pace of technology has overridden the pace of our bodies. Mm. And so we're all kind of speeding up Mm -hmm. in order to keep pace with the frequency of technology, which is much faster than the human body's natural frequency or the frequencies of the earth. Mm -hmm. Um, And it does, it, it, there's a high price that we pay for that. Yes, there is. Now, this is a really interesting place to start, this idea of frequency, because you're somebody that I believe works on multidimensional spaces, in multidimensional spaces. And there's the frequency, like you said, of our body and the earth and sort of the gross physical manifestation of our being. But then there's another frequency, and I don't know that it's such a stretch to 
piggyback off of your technology comment, but that I feel has its own speed and it doesn't feel slow. And that's that frequency of when you get that inner knowing or you get hits or kismet or spiritual downloads and any language that might work for our audience, they can fill in the blank. But could you describe the frequency that you often tune into and how that might be different than, or is it one and the same? It's well, no, I mean, what I would say is that we, we run multiple different frequencies throughout our physical bodies, you know? So even on this level of physicality, we are still bioenergetic beings. I mean, this is why, you know, we've had, um, things like acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine and meridian theories and for thousands of years because they work on that principle of bioelectrical energy and frequencies within the body and different, for example, different body organs have different frequencies. So there's a frequency, there's a signature frequency for everything, mm-hmm. right? There's a signature frequency um, for every stage of your life, there's a signature frequency for every aspect of your life. And so we're really um, an e- ecosystem of frequencies just in our bodies. Mm-hmm. When we talk about subtle energy frequencies, there are subtle energy frequencies that are, that are part of our energetic bodily system and our incarnate system. And then there are subtle energy frequencies that are outside of incarnation. So when you're talking about multidimensional frequencies, there's ranges of frequencies. I mean, there are frequencies that have to do with, say, the the pattern of a galaxy. And there are frequencies that have to do with the pattern of how a cell functions. Mm -hmm. And yet, because we have a being in... um, and this terminology is, is kind of rough, you know, it's not nuanced enough, but there's a gap between reality and language here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have a being along a kind of continuum. And at one end of that continuum is our physicality, is our incarnate personhood. And at the other end of that continuum, uh, we are one with all that is, you know, so that's the the realm of essence and unity. And so we inhabit frequencies along that entire continuum, Mm -hmm. but we function differently in different spaces along that continuum because of the nature of the frequencies that we inhabit. So if you are attuning to the frequency of a galaxy, you have to be at this essence and unity end of your being much more so than in your physicality. But you can't stay there. If you stay there, you will create a greater and greater and greater gap between your personhood, yourself, your body, Mm -hmm. your beingness, um, and where you tend to hang out. And this is what happens for a lot of people, you know, especially people who are really sensitive to energy, who um, think of themselves as deeply spiritual, but they hang out in this essence and unity frequency aspect of being. And then they have trouble making anything happen. They can't come back in to bring what they have learned through those discoveries, those downloads that you were talking about, and then bring them into the world of reality where, which is the only place where we can serve our planet, where we can serve our communities, where we can serve each other, uh, where we can contribute to the world in which we want to live, right? So part of learning how to be human is learning how to function skillfully and effectively along this entire continuum of frequencies and recognizing that while we can resonate, you know, we we create um, relationship through resonance. 
So we can resonate with almost any frequency. There are some that are, you know, that are that just too hard to do mm-hmm. in a human body. It takes too much work and too much effort and energy uh, and can be damaging to your physical body. So you learn pretty quickly, you know, what, what you can handle and what you can't. And you can develop your capacity to resonate with higher and higher frequencies. But there are certain frequencies that we in this last two centuries, you know, since the beginning of the 20th century, um, have developed that have come about through human activity um, that are technical frequencies, the technological frequencies. And they, I mean, they, they, they're created forms, they're not natural life forms, but they emerge out of human creativity. And they are frequencies that you can't engage with uh, for long periods of time without them changing your whole biology. Just as, you know, meditation, like if you, if you, um, if you meditate regularly, that will change your biology too. It'll change your neurobiology and that will change your physical biology. Um, but these technological frequencies, we have to be really mindful of how we relate to them. Because if we aren't, we're immersed in them. I mean, I live in a townhouse complex. And when I, you know, check, it's my internet goes down and I check, there's like a stack of, of, you know, frequencies, basically, right? These, these electromagnetic frequencies all around me. Mm. And I'm only aware of it when I check that, but it's, we are bombarded by it all yes. day long. Right. We are, you know, right now we're talking on Zoom and that has, video has a particular kind of frequency. And mm-hmm. you and I were talking briefly about how we prefer to use audio for the most part because it removes that, that layer of, mm-hmm. of, so I, I think we have to be really mindful of how much our, our energetic system and our bodies are affected day to day by this technological frequency soup in which we are immersed and that it requires different kinds of activity uh, to separate ourselves from it and to cleanse and clear the effects of that on a kind of daily basis in order to return to our own souls and to our own bodies um, and to that that relatively organic um, ecosystem of frequencies that is ours, you know? Love it. Yes. And just resonating with that on a deep level and have put boundaries around that myself, um, especially with the pandemic and having to rely on those. It's harder to set boundaries around it and So I appreciate that perspective coming back to the organic. You said something around um, creativity that I think would be a wonderful segue because you do have this very creative approach to channeling your gift and you could very easily have had a step by step on how to access your creativity, but this book to be soul do soul Adventures in Creative Consciousness is actually just such a demonstration of being in the creative space and teaching us in a way how to be more creative without telling us the steps. And I just find that fascinating. And I'm curious where you are before getting into some of the pieces in the book on that continuum of let's make it happen. And I have a vision and I want to move towards it and the giving ourselves over because you, you actually do speak to both sides in your book um, mm-hmm. to giving ourselves over to, like you said, that a specific frequency that might be speaking to us, that might be guiding us, that requires for us to let go of what we think we need to move towards or what we think we need to incorporate and just sort of almost like leaning back in a river river and letting the river flow and just handing ourselves over to that 
where are you in that space in terms of what's the best way for people to create, to fulfill their purpose and to make it happen, so, so to speak, but not to hold too tight? It's, it's a shifting thing. You know, it, 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 it's, it's a relationship, right? You're in relationship with being and you're in relationship with doing. And you're in relationship with every um, creative life force that you choose to engage with. Whether you choose to engage with them or not, you're still in relationship with them. But the relationship can be very distant or it can be very intimate and close. Um, and it's a shifting thing. I, you know, I, I think that in this culture, we tend to want, okay, tell me if I should be here or if I should be here. And the reality is that you have to be mm. in both. It's a both and, you know. So when, when you're in receptive mode, mm-hmm. um, you're still using your discernment to choose what you are going to be receptive to. Um, You can't just be wide open to anything and everything because there's a lot in this world that is not conducive to harmony and wholeness and and inner peace. It just isn't. So, I mean, we've seen this very clearly, right, in these last, especially these last four years. so, so you are choosing, you're making it, and choosing is the, the act of choosing is the act of exercising your power. Mm. You know, it's saying yes, this, no, that. But then having chosen, having created that boundary, okay, I will allow this in and not that, then you can move into receptive mode. And in receptive mode, you're just really present with what is and you are approaching it with, with no agenda other than curiosity and uh, respect and reverence and um, kind of like show me, show me who you are. Mm. Show me what you want to show me about yourself. Um, and in 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 that in meeting it in that way you then access that portion of the pattern of whatever it is you're meeting in that way within yourself i did a little experiment i do these experiments for myself all the time i've done them since i was a kid but i did this on facebook um and this was i don't know a couple of months ago and i wanted you know, it, we'd been in lockdown. I haven't been out and about much except in my neighborhood. Um, I know that I'm not going to be flying anywhere anymore. I made that decision that, you know, this was part of my uh, commitment to my planet. Um, and so I, I posted something and I said, you know, I'm exploring this, this art of receptivity. Uh, would you post something here that you love that speaks to you that you know it doesn't have to be you don't have to explain why just post it and people posted all kinds of things they posted photos from their gardens they posted photos of babies their babies they posted photos of a meal they'd made Uh, they posted photos of places they had visited and taken photographs of And there were, I don't know, hundreds of these posts. Mm. So what I did, because I'd made this commitment, was I sat with each one and I simply stayed in this receptive mode with each one. And each one evoked an answering pattern within me. And I just stayed with it until that pattern within me had developed as far as it was going to develop in that in that brief period of time. And I noticed the shifts that happened as a result of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would kind of close that and I'd go on to the next one. And I had to do it in batches because it was too much to take in all at once. It was like I would get saturated and then I'd have to stop. But it was so profound. And, and I was thinking about how 
all day long. We have, you know, we're engaging with all kinds of things. We're engaging with people, we're engaging with objects, we're engaging with our screens, we're engaging with the world around us. Um, so after I'd done that for a couple of days, I went for a walk in my neighborhood, which I do most days unless it's pouring rain. And I realized I can't walk at a normal pace. <laughs> ah. I have to slow down to a pace where I can really, truly be receptive to. So I stood in front of this huge Arbutus tree that I pass by every day that I just love. Mm. Um, but it was a whole other layer of depth of relationship. And, you know, people walked by me on the, on the sidewalk. <laughs> I thought I was nuts, but. <laughs> yeah. But there was, there was, there is so much. Um, there's so much richness and, and, and in, in truly being in relationship with another being. And when I say another being, everything has consciousness. Mm -hmm. You know, not everything has the same kind of consciousness that you and I do, but everything has consciousness. Even this desk, even this yeah. computer, you know. Um, and if you, as you begin to attune to consciousness that's different from yours, it expands your own consciousness. It expands your own ability to incarnate more of your soul's potentials. And so that's where I'm at to come back to your question yeah. in a very long roundabout way is I'm at this place in my life. I just turned 72 and I'm at this place in my life where I'm just enjoying that, that receptive mode. And I'm just savoring, um, the beauty of this world and what it has to offer. And then I look at how do I, okay, it, it's not a direct relationship. It's not like I stand in front of this arbutus tree and I receive all this and then I go out and I, you know, write a, a, a wisdom filled post about it or something. It's that it changes who I am. It, it, it expands who I am. And that then shows up in my work and it shows up in, in how I serve my community and it shows up in this conversation. Um, so it's becoming less kind of being and doing and much more at this stage of my life, much more fluid than that. I don't really set intentions and it's been, I, I've never set goals because they just don't work for me. I don't really set intentions anymore that I used to. More and more over these last few decades, last couple of decades, I would say, I just kind of, I show up. I, you know, if I'm going to the grocery store, I will sit in my car for just a moment before I go in and I'll attune to the soul of the store, to the deva of that store and say, I'm here. Um, may I enter? And is there anything I can do to help you with your work. Uh, and sometimes it'll, it'll show me, you know, and I'll quickly ground the place and, and bring in whatever qualities are required at that moment. And then I'll walk in. And so I'm contributing to the activity of all these beings that are supporting the activity of life on earth. Um, and I'm doing it in a really small way. And sometimes I do it in a, you know, in a big way because I work mm -hmm. with kind of planetary energies and, and national and global energies and so on. But it, it, it's not about the, the size of the effect. It is really about the relationship that you develop uh, with your world by saying, I'm not just going to the grocery store to be a consumer, to go and buy these things and, you know, bring them home. I am entering a relationship with my world and I am being a source of the, the experience that I want to have in that store and mm -hmm. the experience that I want everybody else to have if they're open to it, you know? 
that makes sense? I love the intimacy of it and not just the intimacy of being present and receiving, but the intimacy of the relationship with things that we would just gloss over. When we think of intimacy, we think of our spouses or our kids or, so I love the, the feel of that feels super juicy uh, to bring that into every day for sure. And I also really appreciate what you said that it actually serves to increase your offering, um, whether it's with your community or the meaning your audience or just the local grocery store. So that's very compelling for me because I do feel like connection is everything like real connection, intimate connection. That's our future. Like the, mm-hmm. the days of the I and the achievement are like, there's only so far we can go with that, 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 that we consciousness is evolving into a more of a, like what you're talking about this we space. And maybe it's not evolving, but we're just learning how to tap into it. So I appreciate all of that. And I'm curious about, that space, which I'm there with you as you're talking. And then part of me is like, but I got to get my business off the ground. Right. (laughs) And we have emerging, you know, breaking through the soil and coming Mm -hmm. up and out and into full view. And we do have a lot of entrepreneurs or striving executives or people who want to make change and live a life of meaning and, and be fully expressed. And they may not get that, you know, just from, this one tweak and you said something about the deva of the store and you and I had a, a reading um, around the deva of emerging women and emerging human, which is being launched. And so how are we, those of us who really do have to make something happen, um, how can we use this technique or it's not even a technique, it's a way of being, which is so lovely and so the future. How can we get more specific? I'm just sort of shifting gears. Absolutely. Into, I mean, it's really do important. This. I do yes. this. I mean, I've been in business for 40 years. Yes. You know? I have longevity. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's not all poetry and the deva of the grocery store. I mean, you're like, actually your sleeves are rolled up. You're in the arena. You're making it happen for others. People like Danielle Laporte, me, others. So um, tell us a little bit more about that translation going from that frequency, so to speak, and into that world of making it happen, so to speak. Yeah. So the thing is that we are makers by nature. You know, this is our nature. It's in it's in our DNA to make. We are creative. It's creativity is part of our soul's DNA. Um, so creativity is not kind of off there somewhere. It's not something you pursue and it's constantly running away from you and you're constantly trying to yank it back um, and longing for it and supplicating towards it. Or, you know, it's not that. I think that that's part of how people relate to creativity is is like an object to be pursued and acquired. Um, But it's not, it's Mm -hmm. a relationship with ourselves. And so everything that I've been talking about, when you cultivate this relational way of being, which ultimately is just the truth, or it's the, it's reality. Mm -hmm. This is reality. It's like none of us, would be here if we weren't in relationship with the air around us that allows us to breathe and and to fill ourselves with oxygen. And, and, you know, we're in relationship with everything. Our lives depend on it, right? So when you get down to that truth um, and you cultivate that in all these ways, the grocery store way and so on, then you become a being who is deeply embedded in the ecosystems of your life and the ecosystems of the world around you. And you also develop these skills, these skills of of meeting people and places and things through that principle of relationality and resonance. So when it comes to business, 
your business is a creation like any other. It's not different from your soul. It is not different from how you relate to your kids or, you know, it, it, it is its own being. And when you have developed this quality of sovereign, loving, respectful relationship with everything, then you have that with your business too. And you bring that understanding, that kind of deep embodied understanding of your business as a being, as its own being with its own soul, its own deva, and with its own ecosystems, not just it, the ecosystem of the business, but all the other ecosystems in which it is nestled and, and embedded, right? Yeah. And because you have developed that, those skills of how to think like, a, like an ecosystem, thinking like an ecosystem, you're not thinking in terms of this is leadership, this is marketing, this is sales, this is, you know, um, systems and operations, you are looking at them as all part of the health of this planet or this world. I have a, a book called The World of Your Business Playbook, and it is basically a workbook to look at each aspect of your business and to deeply consider it in terms of not just how it resonates with your values and your desires, but with the values and desires of your business itself. So, I mean, if you have kids, you know this, you know, that, that yes, you have certain values that you impart to your kids and, and certain desires that you have for them. But what you're doing as a parent is you're really paying attention to who they are and where their curiosity lies, where their gifts lie, what challenges them. And then you shape your, the, their, the ecosystem of your family and the ecosystem of, of their life to help them develop those capacities and gifts uh, to, to learn skills, to address their challenges. So you do the same thing with your business. You know, you, um, you start with not so much a vision for your business because that would be like having a vision for your child's life. You can't do that. It's an independent being, right? So your business is an independent being. And you attune to the pattern that the soul of your business holds for every aspect of your business and every stage of life of your business because it's an evolving thing. And then you look at your own capacity, your own gifts, your own desires, and you find where the resonance is between the two. And through that relationship, and you, you know, it is a relationship. You, if you're in business, you are spending probably more time with the soul of your business than you are with any other person in your life, right? Yes. That is correct. Um, it is. It is. A, it is a deeply, profoundly intimate relationship. Yes, and I is. have. Yeah, it is. It's. It's been my most constant and 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 uh, most intimate relationship, other than with my own soul in my whole life. Um, so through that relationship, you learn to trust. Um, you know, when your business neighbor is showing you something that is ready to emerge, to speak about emergence. Um, and you learn to trust yourself to know whether you have the capacity to support that emergence right now. And if your business has the capacity to support that emergence, and if it doesn't, and you feel this real yes inside yourself, then you develop that capacity. You develop it within yourself. You do that inner work for yourself. You develop it in, you know, whether it means hiring a new team member or, in, or shifting your leadership style into something more collaborative or, um, you know, changing your content strategy so that it, you, you simplify it and, and, and make it more elegant in the sense of being both that which is just both necessary and sufficient. 
Um, and you apply that principle to every aspect of your business, you know, and you generate the capacity then to work with the deva of your business to bring that into being. So, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a recent example. I, you know, I, I have... I have this body of work that I've created over the last 40 years. Um, and for the last, I would say five or six years, I've, I've felt this, um, just this, it, it's never pressure from the day of my business because our relationship is not like that anymore, but it's this kind of nudge about, you know, it's time, it's time to begin passing this along to other people and because you're not going to have the capacity to do that uh, after a certain period of time. Um, And I I was really struggling with some health issues. And so I didn't have the energetic capacity to do that in the way that I've done it in the past. You know, I'm being a Virgo, I'm very practical. Mm -hmm. I am also, I'm not a perfectionist, but I like, I like, I have a certain standard for impeccability and I couldn't meet it. My body just wouldn't do it. And so, you know, we kind of back and forth and back and forth with that. And then at the beginning of this year, um, things shifted, things shifted with my health, things shifted in terms of my capacity, not dramatically, but dramatically enough um, that I could say yes to this. And yet I could say yes only in a certain way. So my business there was going, you know, it's, it's vision and its pattern is not a fixed pattern. It is one that evolves in collaboration with me. Um, and my capacity is an essential element of that pattern. And so I said, well, I can't do like a, I can't do a, um, a certification program. I, first of all, don't believe in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to go there, but also I need for myself at this stage of my life to do it in this way. And so ultimately when I launched the, the, my mentor training program, um, it was a blend of what my business Deva wanted and what I can offer, oh. what I'm able, you know? And, 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 so, and so it's a blend of that, that yes. limitless possibility because yes. the, business, the, the Devas don't function in the world of boundaries and limits. Right. And we do. And so it's always this, I mean, and it's the same with any creation, right? It's the same with any aspect of your business or with any art Mm. um, is that you start with this limitlessness and you allow that limitlessness to kind of work its way through you. And then you have to create the boundaries and the limits and the the channels through which that energy will flow. Uh, and what emerges, at least what emerged for me out of this, was simply that I only do it one-on-one because for me, that's the only way I can provide the kind of depth um, and, and responsiveness to each individual person and their journey. Um, I can't do it in a group program anymore, though I've done, yes. you know, created dozens of them in the past. Mm-hmm. And so when you're looking at emergence in business, you know, whether you're in a startup phase or whether your business, you know, is already earning revenues of of eight or nine figures or more um, and serving thousands of people, you, as you scale your business, you need to keep that intimacy alive. You know, and as you know, the more you scale your business, the the more layers of of people and systems and so on there are between you and the people that you serve. And so the way to maintain that intimacy then is partly through how you communicate with them, 
But that also begins with relating to them soul to soul, you know, is attuning to the soul of your community um, and asking, mm. you know, what do you need? And then you can follow that up if you like with, you know, a, a, a questionnaire or a survey or whatever that is. I tend not to use those because I've developed this skill you know, over six, six decades. Right. Um, so I, I trust my ability to understand that. And I know my community through, you know, these group programs and through years of, of mentoring and so on. Um, but, but you can approach it from the outside in or the inside out. As long as you approach it with that spirit of intimacy and going, you know, ultimately, this is a relationship, no matter the size of the business, this is still a relationship between you and the soul of your business and you and the community that is the ecosystem of your business. Hello, lovely listeners. I want to pause for a moment here to make sure that you know how you can get even more access to this type of inspiration and support. Emerging Women has its own membership community where you get teachings from incredible female leaders and coaching support directly from me, as well as other brilliant members within the Emerging Women tribe every month. If you are ready to go deeper into your own leadership and emerging journey, head over to emergingwomen.com for a free trial of our membership community. We've truly designed it as a hub for women like you who want to create change in the world. Don't go it alone, sisters. Head over to emergingwomen.com forward slash membership and start your free trial today. Now, let's get back to our conversation. Yes, and that was my... What's interesting is um, that was my experience when we had our, that first session was that you were the, <laughs> what is it? It's almost like you were like the therapist uh, connecting me with the, the soul of my business or, you know, like you were kind of translating. And what's interesting is I, I think I was in that session with like some hard visuals and um, just by way of background for people who are in the audience here, we launched emerginghuman.com recently as a website. I haven't even announced it. I know I'm timing, I'm putting a timestamp on this podcast, but, um, and I and had a session with Hero and she was feeling that the energy was moving towards emerging human. And for me, I was not ready. I have way more to give on this issue of helping women to be seen and heard and live and lead from the truth of who they are. And I didn't want it to be sort of like an all lives matter. You know, I really wanted to keep the focus where I thought we had the biggest bang for our buck, so to speak, in terms of changing the world. And that is in the hands of women. And yet here I am three months later and it's almost like the, like you said, the soul of my business, the day of my business keeps knocking me on the head. I can feel the, the energetic. And I think you said emerging human was like a teenager and that emerging women was the mama and, you know, they were growing and I can feel that. I actually feel like now I have, now that I've shifted my perspective to be thinking about that part of our business in terms of a teenager, <laughs> I actually feel the entity or the, the soul or the Dave or whatever language we want to put on it. I actually feel that. And that relationship is, is in a much different place than it was when we did. And I was fighting for my emerging women and I don't want to let it go. And it's not all lives matter. And, you know, and it doesn't matter what my vision was at the time or is because the relationship with the essence of this of the business is is just more real, so to speak, than mm -hmm. my construct of how it should go. And does that make sense? Am I on the right? Absolutely. Track? And the, the reality is that women are humans too. <laughs> you know that that emerging women and emerging human. I mean, we don't have to get into the details of like. My no, we don't. <laughs> we don't. But but what I'm saying is that that there is 
it, it, this, there are stages to your business and you did the work with emerging women right. to bring that, bring that, the soul of that into a certain form. And then you're now you're called to bring emerging human, the soul of emerging human into a certain form. And you don't know what the interaction of those is going to be. You don't know what the relationship between them is going to be or how that's going to evolve. So, so much of the time when we're saying yes to something, we don't really know what the outcomes are going to be. I mean, we, we never know what the outcomes are going to be. We can yeah. imagine and we can project, but, you know, but ultimately you have to trust that if you do what is in front of you, then the next step will reveal itself. And the next step after that, mm, mm, um, mm, I'm like bursting. And that's what emergence is about. Yes. You know, emergence yes. happens at that conjunction between the known and the unknown. Yeah. Otherwise it's not emergence, right? Absolutely. And yeah. um, the piece that I've come to is we can deal with the uncertainty of the unknown if we are staying connected and we prioritize the relationship that we have with our yeah. business over, I mean, honestly, over the vision. And yeah. I'm a vision junkie. Yeah. I'm a vision. I'm a vision. I'm an intention. I like the chat and, you know, but um, I've come to a new understanding that the relationship needs to be prioritized because the vision comes from the relationships. Exactly. That's exactly it. You know, things don't happen in the abstract, except in our heads. They happen in relationship to something. Yes. Yeah. Boom. And that's what you're saying. I'm going to pull the book here because there are some juicy readings. Um, and just to, just to piggyback on what we've been saying, um, you have a little passage here, make friends with the question that's knocking on the door of your heart. Embrace the beauty, depth, playfulness, and complexity of the world it opens up for you. So that to me, when we're talking about my specific example of which is complicated, emerging human, emerging women, and how do they play together? And instead of trying to force the answer, um, to just sort of let that sit. And the more that I've just focused on the being and understanding what is this emerging human and where's the, what are the energies that in a playful way, like you say, the more clear it's becoming. So I just wanted yeah, to. Yeah, it takes, back. it takes that kind of like we tend to grasp, you know, when we feel uncertain mm -hmm. and we feel unsafe, mm -hmm. we tend to want to cling to a known shore. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that you can't travel anywhere if you're clinging to a known shore. You have to let go and, and let your curiosity lead you. You know, and your curiosity may well lead you to, to creating kind of um, experiments in how emerging women and emerging human relate to each other. Mm -hmm. You know, take them out on a play date and find out what happens, right? Um, but if you, are, if you are trying to, I need the answer to this question, mm -hmm. um, then you freeze everything and the whole field then stops. And because energetic fields are always in motion, mm -hmm. when you artificially stop it, it takes so much energy to stop it that all your energy is bound up in stopping its movement. And the answers are in that movement. Mm. They're, they're discoveries. They're not interrogations, right? Right. I'm going to read another passage in this realm of questions to give people a feel um, also just for your writing, which is absolutely beautiful. But this, this thing about, you know, of course, living with the question, we've heard that. So invite the burning questions, the knotted, difficult, painful questions into your belly, into your heart. Give them room to stretch out to their full height and depth, room to breathe, room to sing, to be. Who are you? 
in relationship to these questions. What and how do you feel in their presence? How do these questions feel as visitors in your world? Do they feel safe enough to express their beauty, their power and their complexity? And what can you and these questions reveal to each other about who you both are, about your world? Open wide, listen, share yourselves, explore. I love that share yourselves, the questions and who you are in relationship to the question is what you were talking about when you say share yourselves, discovering something new. Love this so much because once again, it's all relationship, even to the question. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. We're in relationship with everything. Everything. You can't say it enough. I'm yeah. sorry to say. I mean, one of the things that I've been so aware of is, you know, as we as we've come coming kind of had this little summer where we thought the pandemic was over and people were emerging out into what they thought was going to be this freer world. Sure. And then you know, the variants kind of came in and everything started, uh, the uncertainty levels rose. And, mm -hmm. and I was aware of how much fear and anxiety and upset there is. I mean, and, and I've kind of managed really well for most of this pandemic. Um, and, but I could really feel it in myself. And so rather than fight it or try to forcibly, you know, evict it, or I just each time I would feel that, mm -hmm. I would meet it with love. I would meet it with love and go, tell me about yourself, you know. And most of the time it would almost instantly dissolve because it wasn't mine. Mm -hmm. But whatever part of it was mine would then reveal itself and we could have, this, there was more intimacy and more depth in my relationship with those aspects of myself. So, I mean, if, you know, you'll find this with your business too, is that when there are big things going on in the collective mm -hmm. and you're trying to activate big changes in your business, mm -hmm. it becomes more and more important to be in relationship with what it is you're trying to activate as well as with, with the ecology in which that activation is going to emerge. Because it's kind of like, you know, you have a new baby, you don't take your new baby out into, uh, I don't know, right. a sports arena, you know, right. within the first week, right? right? You protect you it. You feel protective, right? You yeah. hold it close. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So you'll know what to do. You'll know how to bring it out into the world, what the pacing is. Uh, what will serve it and its life so that it can grow to a place where it can serve others, right? Right. Yes. Yes. And I so appreciate that the sort of, it's not quite seasonality, but our businesses are never the same. I don't know if you've ever noticed, um, are people on different cycles or in your 40 years of working with people who have businesses, I know you've seen so many reinventions and morphing of how people work because you've worked with people long-term too. I but have. Yeah. Is there sort of a cycle, you know, um, like, is it seven years, the, you know, the seven year itch or is everybody different? Or I know everybody's different and, and everybody's evolution is different. You know, I, I, I don't, I mean, it's, it's nice having these classifications. We right. like to classify things because it helps us kind of think about them in, in sort of organized ways. But the reality is that, you know, one person's seven year, what one person does in seven years and the kind of evolution they and their business go through in seven years may be completely different from what somebody else does. And it also depends on what kind of, you know, what, what their um, business model is, right? Mm -hmm. There are people whose business model is about innovation. They, you know, they create a program, they never teach it again. They create another program, they never teach it again. They create a product, they sell it for a bit, then they create a different product, then they acquire another business. That's their model. Mm. And that reflects something in their own process of evolution and maturation. Mm, yes. There are others. I mean, you were talking about Tammy Simon, for example, who, yeah. you know, started out. I mean, I remember when she started um, 
sounds true back in which was in New York or Poughkeepsie or something um, with with a, a devotion to the soul of this business and and she has steadily over so many decades continued to evolve that one business right yeah. it hasn't it has not been I mean she's tried different things and she's shifted models here and there but but the basic principles that she founded it on are still in place and it's the same with my business I mean the things that I teach today are the things that I've in some ways the things that I taught 40 years ago mm. except that I've evolved and they've evolved and the world has evolved and so the forms that they take are maybe different but the essence of them is the same so people, it, it depends on how they evolve. You know, part of what happens, especially with people who become really successful um, in a highly publicly visible way, is that part of their evolution as human beings and as entrepreneurs is about how they meet that level of fame and that level of recognition oh, and everything oh that comes with it, right? There's all well kinds of stuff that comes mm -hmm. with it. And some people get caught up in that and their soul's pathways get distorted and they go off on some, you know, roundabout sideways journey yes. uh, and other, and then eventually they make their way back onto their own path and they have learned something from that, that, that kind of detour that they took. Um, and then that affects their business model and how they do business. Others just get lost in that famous spiral and they never make it back. I mean, we, I shouldn't say never make it back because we don't know the soul works in cycles that Totally. transcend, you know, this incarnation and, and umpteen others, right? So I always have that fundamental trust in the soul that it will eventually through, it'll take them through whatever experiences mm -hmm. they, they need to go through to arrive at where the soul wants them to go. But it may not happen in this lifetime. So it's really different for different people, you know, and, mm. and then other circumstances can come in. People can become ill. And that will change the nature of their own evolution and of their business, you know. Or burned um, out. Or burned or, out. That yeah. happens, you know, that really happens often with people who have reached a, a kind of, you know, what people consider a pinnacle of success. And they discover this isn't really what I want. And, mm -hmm. you know, they'll, they'll leave the game. Um, there are lots of different ways. I mean, there, there's so many circumstances that come into play as well as the own, the developmental journey of both the business and the person. So yeah, there, there aren't any, I mean, there, there are stages. Like what I can say is there are definitely stages uh, where people have to confront aspects of themselves and make choices. Mm -hmm. you know and how, what choices they make will determine what the next stage looks like got you yes yeah yeah it's it's fascinating again it comes back to staying in relationship and as we wrap here today I would ask if you have one power go-to practice that you could suggest to our audience that would help them to tune in and stay connected to the soul of their business on a you know daily or a practice that is often enough that they can stay with it you know i have a free um um i don't know mini class like a seven day thing called sweet success in the soul of your business um, just go to heroboga.com. If you sign up for my newsletter, you will get that. And it's, 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 it, it walks you through that initial how to connect with the deva of your business and then how to 
continue to develop that relationship. It's like any relationship, right? Once you make that connection, then it's your devotions, your showing up, it's your um, willingness to learn who it is and what it is and what it wants and what it, its desire for its own life is all about. Uh, that will determine the quality of your relationship and also your willingness to reveal yourself. You know, it's not a one-way street, right? It's not, right. you know, it's not because it's a deva, it's not up here and you're not down here. It's, an, it's a relationship of equals. It's a collaborative relationship. So rather than kind of trying to give you a soundbite right now, I would say go there. Um, we'll put that in the show notes. We'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah, take, so. take you know, do that. If you do that, if you if you work with those practices, they will take you a long way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wonderful. Yes. We will, we'll put that in and I'm so grateful to have this one hour with you. I'm, I'm a long form podcaster. So I really appreciate the depth and the intimacy that you brought here today. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate you too. Thank you. Okay. More to come here.